When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now. I'm going to get to some of this in a minute. But on Magic Johnson talking to the commanders, players and coaches on Wednesday, a little news story. I also wrote a story about earlier this week, and I've told you before about Sam Howell, Eric Bieniemy, and Ron Rivera, kind of how they're all tethered together. And one does well. They all three, I think, are going to do well, especially if it's the quarterback, right? Anyway, you can check that out on ESPN.com as well. So today is Wednesday. This You're probably going to listen to this maybe later tonight or Thursday morning. In a minute I'm, or a couple minutes, I'm going to have Josh Weinfuss, my ESPN counterpart who covers the Arizona Cardinals, on to discuss Arizona, the state of the Cardinals. Now, there's as I'm talking, I know there's a rumor or there's it looks like Joshua Dobbs will start a quarterback. Well, I talked to Josh about Josh Weinfuss about all this. And as when we recorded the conversation on Tuesday, we did not know anything about the quarterback situation. So if it somehow comes out overnight or if it comes to tomorrow, if it's official, if Gannon, John, Jonathan Gannon makes it official in Arizona, just know we recorded it beforehand, but we do discuss both Dobbs and Clayton Toon just so it, to see what they offer because who knows what the Cardinals are really going to do during the game. Anyway, so stay tuned for all that. Good information from him. Learn about the opponent. I'm going to be doing this um, most weeks, especially if the games are big. Um, we'll be doing it all the time. So anyway, stay tuned for that in a minute. But first, let's get to the injury update because that's a big deal here with Terry McLaurin and Chase Young. Let's start with Terry McLaurin. First of all, the injury report, McLaurin was listed as limited today with a toe injury. Um, Chase Young still has not been cleared for contact. Dax Milne was a DNP because of a groin issue. And again, I'll get to more of that. In a minute, let's start with McLaurin. McLaurin said he feels very calm, or he said confident that about where he's headed with his with his toe. And he, of course, he's got a turf toe. It's it's clearly seems to be a mild case of it. Um, he said he would not be out there if he was not confident in what he could do. He's been pushing himself a little bit more just to see what he can do to make sure he can go out there and play on Sunday. Again, he feels very confident, and Rivera even said that Terry looked good today. Again, he was limited. I had actually asked Terry, and Terry said he was he did everything in full. He did everything that they had planned for him to do in full, but they did not plan for him to be a full participant today. But what, what they asked him to do, what they needed him to do, he did. That's a good sign. McLaurin said, that he still wants to see how he pushes off the toe, how he feels when he cuts to make sure that he can absolutely go on Sunday against the Cardinals. A big test will be, you know, how they feel on Wednesday. A big test is going to be how do you respond the next day after a lot of work? How do you respond then on Friday after a few days of work? That's going to be the key. And at least does he feel better? Because I'd still say 
you would still have to say you don't know for sure yet, even though it looks really good with McLaurin as, as far as how he would go. McLaurin was in a walking boot for about 10 days. Was And then after that, like there were times he'd be in it, but it was usually like after he did some work at the facility, some rehab stuff, they might put him in it just to kind of let it calm down a little bit. So for everybody who says, oh, just sit him, sit him, sit him. The dude, if the dude is healthy, he's got to play. The guy's a team captain. If they know he's healthy and he does not play, it is a really bad look. Guys remember that stuff. I don't care who you are. If they think you didn't play and you're healthy, they're not happy about that. And that's not McLaurin's style anyway. This isn't about, oh, it's Arizona. This team isn't good enough to overlook anybody. So if McLaurin's healthy, you play him. If you're not sure, if he's not sure, that's a different story because then you have to look and say, well, he's not sure. The doctors aren't, you know, say, well, he could play, maybe not. That's when you say, okay, maybe you just should be better to rest him, not because you're playing Arizona, but because you have 16 more games. But if he's healthy, he's going to play and he should play because this is what the sport entails and it's what what they do. And so, yeah, it's, it's not about putting him in bubble wrap and doing all that stuff. These are guys who are paid to play football. And if he's healthy and he knows the tone he can set on this team, he knows what his leadership means to this team, then he is going to play. Anyway, so that gives you an idea. And again, still see to see where the burst is by the end of the week, et cetera. Nothing is officially decided yet at all with him. It's just that he feels really good about his situation. And so too does Chase Young. But Young still has not been cleared by doctors because the stinger in his neck. He, he repeated over and over that he's ready to go. He's ready to go. And he kept saying that. He said that a number of times when we talked to him for a few minutes after practice. Still needs to see the doctor again. When we talked to him, wasn't sure when that would be scheduled. He said it would take place via Zoom. So and all you have to do, if he gets whatever, you know, if there's another imaging of his neck or whatever, the doctor just has to read it and can tell him, okay, it looks good. You can go. But he has to be cleared and that has not taken place yet. And again, until it does, we we just all you can say is you don't know and he he's been out there practicing he he was out there again today when we were out there um in full pads but you can't he's not yet cleared for contact until he is then he doesn't go but again he felt really good about where he was at as well so but the day to watch for all this is friday because that's when the the game status report comes out you know, my guess is they probably be listed as questionable because that's where it goes. But if McLaurin keeps practicing the way and it increases over the next couple of days, then that is a very, very good sign. And if and if 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 Young is cleared for if we find out he's cleared for contact tomorrow, that is another really good sign. Or even we find that out on Friday, another really really good sign. So that's where we're at with that. Again, Friday will be the key date for game status, um, and we go from there. Also today, Washington signed former Redskin receiver Jamison Crowder to their practice squad. Would not be surprised at all if he plays on Sunday just because of what I said about Dax Milne. Milne is the punt returner. That's what Crowder also does. If Milne can't play, you're going to elevate Crowder off the practice squad. That would be my guess. And Rivera even said they brought him here as a punt returner. And they also knows he's a very shifty, shifty route runner and, and pass receiver out of the slot. Again, that's what Milne does too. So if Milne can't go, then you got Crowder right here. I know a lot of people down on Milne as a punt returner. He's averaged around, he averaged around what, 7.8 per, per return last year. In three years with Washington, Crowder was at 7.9. He had one really good year, and then the other two years were not so good. And he had some drops and some muffs. 
that's what he'll have to do. But he is, he is experienced in that. And last year he returned nine punts for, I think it was like a hundred yards. So he did a pretty good job with that. So he is experienced. I'm a big, I've always been a big fan of Crowder. And um, so, but that's, that's why he was here. So just stay tuned for that. Finally, Magic Johnson was here today. And man, when he's here, there's a buzz. And it's funny because I think most of these guys are counted up. There's 24 guys on the roster that includes practice squad, active roster, injury reserve, who were actually born before Johnson retired from the NBA after the 95-96 season. I think the only guy, and I didn't talk to Tressway, but he may have been the only guy who may have been able to watch him play because he was six years old when Johnson retired. So, and he's the oldest guy on, on, on the commander's roster, but Johnson spoke to the team for, it was between about 30 to 40 minutes or so kind of messed up their schedule a little bit or changed their schedule, not messed up, but changed their schedule. And they were more than happy to accommodate it because it's Magic Johnson. And a lot of what he shared was his wisdom. The guy has won combined 10 titles as a player, as an owner. So a lot of it was the wisdom about how do you win? How do teams win? He answered it up for uh, Q&As. And one of the things, and you'll like this, Sam Howell, also one of their six captains, one of the things he asked him was, what were the common characteristics of those championship teams, what they had compared to the teams that didn't win? What did they lack? And one of the things that he talked about with, and first of all, it's a very mature question from how not surprised it's who he is. It's how he thinks. But one of the things that, that Johnson said was the, the holding each other accountable and it didn't matter who it was, but that ability. And then also with the players policing themselves, that too was a big deal. When the players kind of coach the team like that or police the thing, police their teams, that's when you have your best teams. And I've heard coaches at every level say that when I covered, used to cover high school, shoot, I used to coach, um, you know, youth ball and then through CYO or, or um, some travel stuff. I used to coach that when the players really took over, that's when I knew when I was involved in it, they were ready to, our team was going to be good. And it's true with high school coaches I talked to, college, whatever. It's true in the pro level as well. So that's something I think that was part of the wisdom he dispensed with them, talked about some dream team memories. But it really was about like having that guy there. And even though these guys didn't see them play, like Jahan Dotson said that he didn't see him play, but he heard all the stories. He's watched them on YouTube. He feels like he did watch him as a player. And I think especially since he's been involved with the Harris group, that people have probably become maybe even gone back and watched more stuff on YouTube to see what Johnson was like as a player, because having watched him, he was phenomenal. But it's also there's a charisma uh, that he brings that very few athletes bring um, success as a businessman. And I think that's why they're excited to have him here. And he is a going to be a big time ambassador for this franchise has some other events that he's going to be at over the, you know, over the next couple of days here in Washington. And so anyways, but they were pretty excited about that. Rivera said that a lot of these players, he could see him, he'd look over them. He could see him kind of leaning up in their forward in their seats a little bit, just completely enraptured by it. And, and Rivera said, so was I. So there was a big impact there. How it means, what it means to the field, who knows? But it's a good person to have in the organization. And this is a big difference with this group compared to the Snyder group. And I don't, it's 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 night and day. I mean, it's millennials apart here. Um, so anyway, that's it. There you go. But it was a big day because Magic Johnson was here. That's it from me. Now, stay tuned for my conversation with Josh Weinfuss as we go behind, go behind the enemy lines. Just learn about the opponent. Educate yourself about what Washington faces on Sunday. Yes, they should win this game, but learn about the opponent as well. So here's Josh Weinfuss. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. The NFL is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use code KIME, K-E-I-M, to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code KIME, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, Josh, is this is this your first time joining me on here? No, I no, think it's at least my second, yeah. Okay, okay. I was going to say, for the first time, I was going to give you an all-expenses-paid trip to this game on Sunday, so... I guess I'm going to take that away, but hopefully you can join us anyway. So I'll see you Sunday. Anyways, let's get on to the Cardinals here. And all right, before I'm coming there, you're telling me like you've been talking about Caleb Williams and Kyler Murray since May. Well, I'm going to start with that because that's the interesting thing here. And everybody wants to know, are they tanking or what are they doing? What's the situation with Kyler and this organization and just the moves they've made on paper, people perceive it a certain way, even though some of these moves, like Colt McCoy getting rid of him, I mean, he's, you know, he's not that yeah. great. I mean, as much as I like Colt. But anyway, what do you say? Right. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there, a lot. Yeah. So let's just start with, with kind of the whole tanking idea, right? Like, I don't think it's a full-on tank, right? This is it's a rebuild like and what a lot of people don't understand is when the cardinals hired new gm monty austin fort he was inheriting a roster full of financial like troubles right like they had to figure out a way to get through this season fixing everything that steve kind the former gm had done for the last 10 years right no whether that's contracts no relation no relation um whether that's contracts or that's just signings like deandre hopkins 
the, the large majority of the reason why he isn't on this anymore because his car it wasn't friendly. He needed to figure out a way to get past that money, right? So Monty Alcimore has basically been tearing this house down and rebuilding it essentially stud by stud. He had the foundation, right? You have Kyler Murray, you have Buda Baker, you have you know some uh, you know other key pieces. Marquise, you know Brown is, is probably one of them. James Connor, Zach Ertz. So you have like the cornerstones, but then everything else around them—the roof, the floor, like everything else—had to be rebuilt, and that's what he's been doing. There's been, I think, the number is like 20, 25 like guys who were signed to like one, two, or three year contracts this past off season which is kind of wild. Um, so they just had to figure out who they wanted to be. And like, this is going to be a throwaway year, no matter what, like they might win a few games, but like with Kyler's injury and the teardown, like the expectations, expectations were not going to be high regardless when it comes to Kyler. Like, do I expect him to be the quarterback of this team in 2024? Yes. Um, and for a lot of reasons, one, there's a financial side of this Two. You know, when Jonathan Gannon took this job, he took it because of Kyler Murray. And I don't think there's that desire to, like, let's start over with someone who we don't know how they're actually going to be. Because all we hear is that Caleb Williams is this next level generational type of talent. Well, I feel like every year we have somebody like that, right? And, you know, is that going to be him? We just don't know. And I think for a franchise that cannot has not found quarterback stability until Kyler, I don't know. I think it might be too risky to, like, let's just punt on him. And then start over with Caleb Williams. Now, the the asterisk in all this is if it doesn't go well with Kyler whenever he comes back. I do expect him to play at some point this season. If it doesn't go well, if for whatever reason, him and his coaching staff do not gel, I can see them mutually being like, all right, you know what? Let's just let's just move on. Let's figure out a new a new path. Like let's get Kyler to a new team. But I, I, if that does not happen, then from all I've heard so far that they've got a lot of great, but obviously things change when you're on the field and you're the heat of, you know, you know, the heat of battle. Like if that does not happen, if they, these guys get along great and they, they have some success when he gets back. I fully expect Kyler Murray to be the quarterback in 2024. Now that's not going to stop anybody from asking me about Caleb Williams or having me having to like watch all these USC games, but you know, and like what, what he did against Nevada, fine, but you're doing this Nevada. Like Kyler Murray does this stuff against the NFL talent. So there's, we can talk about this all day, John, if you want to. <laughs> and by the way, I, I do remember the first time I had you on, we talked about Josh Rosen because he was available and this team was looking at him. And I do remember that. So I, I that was one of my first shows when this podcast actually started. So, but with, so let's stick with quarterback though, because it's Clayton Thune or, or Josh Dobbs. So as we tape this on Tuesday, they haven't officially named anything. Is it, do you think it'll be Dobbs and, by the time this comes out, because this will come out Thursday, but so he may already say it, but you know, what do you think? I don't expect it to come out by time this airs on Thursday. I I expect, I I really expect them to kind of hold this as close to the vest as possible um, for as long as possible. Right. So like, I I wouldn't be surprised if going into Sunday morning when there's still no, no idea who the starter is, unless it's, it's leaked somehow. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't know until they, uh, trot out onto the field on Sunday, right? So my guess now is it's going to be Josh Dobbs. You, you know, I think his familiarity with his offense gives him that leg up um, over Clayton Tune. Um, so we, we talked to guys, you know, yesterday, today, yesterday, us today, today's Tuesday. So yesterday, Monday, we talked to offensive lineman DJ Humphreys, and he was saying how like 
the command that Josh Dobbs has as a scheme already is impressive. And he's already, you know, making checks and he's telling guys where to go. And he's already had, he's only had like three or four practices, if that, with his team. So I fully expect Dobbs to be the guy. Um, Clayton Toon, you know, he's a, he's a solid rookie. He's an older rookie. He's 24 years old. I think if he does get his chance, he'll be, he'll, he'll be fine. But I think to start the season out, you do need to go with Dobbs, you know, and this goes back to the, the, the um, Colt McCoy stuff. We were just, you know, you, you had mentioned, like, I know Colt was surprised. He was, he was shocked actually that he was cut and he didn't see it coming. And I think a lot of questions came up after he was cut about how this organization is handling everything because you go and you have a guy run the first team offense for OTAs, for mini camp, for training camp, for preseason. And after the last preseason game, or right before the last preseason game, you you or after the last preseason game, you 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 cut him. And it's like you could have if, if you had an inkling he wasn't gonna be your guy, why don't you bring in that that other guy to compete with him to learn this the scheme, to learn the players, to get those relationships going, to start gelling long before you have two weeks left before the first regular season game, right? So that, that raised a lot of eyebrows, a lot of questions about how this team's being run. But, I mean, it, it, is it going to pay off? We just – we have we have no idea at this point. You know, you talk about with, with Dobbs because he had been in this system before, correct? Yeah, so he played um, part of last season in Cleveland, and his quarterback's coach there is Drew Petzing, who's the offensive coordinator here. Okay. And the quarterback coach here – is a guy named Israel Wolfork who was a coaching fellow in Cleveland working with quarterbacks. So if your listeners need to write all that down, I totally understand. But, you know, if you piece it all together, he had two guys in Cleveland who are now two guys in, in Arizona. So there's familiarity with the scheme, with the, the language, with the coaches. So that learning curve was, 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 was shrunk quite a bit. So when you look at this offense, then what are your expectations? Because you do, you brought up Connor, you brought up Burks, Marquise Brown, there's there are a couple guys there. So, but what do you yeah. and and you know? But they also have. I think it's a new center, correct? A very inexperienced guy. So like that new center, strength. yeah. Yep, new center, new right tackle, and new right guard. So only two starters from last year's team are two offensive line starters are back. Um, here's the thing: everyone is dogging on this team. Everyone's saying they're going to be the worst team in football. I think there's enough individual talent on this team to prevent that from happening what it's going to look like as a collective, we just don't know yet, right? Because you have a lot of inexperience um, on the coaching staff as well. You know, Jonathan Gann is the first-time head coach. He's 40. Petching's first-time OC. He's 36. Um, the d- defense coordinator is Nick Rollis. He's first-time DC. He's 30. Like, a lot of young – I mean, I, I, age does not matter, but that's more the lack of experience, I think, is, right. is the concern. Um, and, you know, they could blow everyone away. They could just surprise everybody. But with the offense in particular – I think that they have enough skill to to do something, right? I mean, like like you know, James Conner is going to be a workhorse this year. He's going to get a ton of carries. Um, Zach Ertz, once he starts feeling back to one hundred percent, you know, uh, mentally, once he's fully confident on that knee that he injured last season in the ACL, I think he could be a factor. Marquise Brown. I think the biggest question mark on offense is the wide receiver core, right? They don't have a true number one. Hollywood Brown is going to be that guy. But you have like Rondale Moore, you have uh, Zach Pascal, you have Michael Wilson, four good receivers, like you know, pretty really good receivers to a point. This is not that great receiver, so we'll see how that plays out. Trey McBride, another uh, tight end, he's he, he's going to have a huge role this year. We're going to see a lot of twelve personnel, uh, but the offensive line, a new center with Yelda Froholt, um, he was with Cleveland last year. 
Um, I think we're going to see there might be some hiccups just because, you know, Froholtz and Dobbs or whoever the quarterback is, if it's Dobbs, there's only two weeks to work together. And we all know how important that quarterback center relationship is. So, but Froholtz, he made the transition to center full time this year. He's been doing well. The coaches have been pleased with how he's handling the mental and the physical side. So, some changes up front, but I will tell you this I've been around this team for 12 years. This is one of the few offensive lines that Cardinals have had during the last 12 years that look like an offensive line. Like when you walk, when they walk by, you're like, oh, that's an NFL offensive lineman. Like hmm. these aren't guys who are big before, but these guys, like, they're all big. Like Will Hernandez is the smallest of the bunch, but he, like, you don't want to catch him. Like, I don't want to say even a dark. Like, you don't want to catch him in the middle of the day. Like, he'll, he'll beat the heck out of somebody. And they love that about him. So I think this team's going to be, this offense is going to be better than people think. I just don't know how much better yet. With with Clayton, let's say Clayton plays quarterback. Let's say they go to him. What what did what stood out about him this preseason? Yeah, so he's he has a heck of an arm, right? Very live arm, very big arm, can make the plays. He's, he's fairly mobile, you know, and he can throw on the run, which I think is going to be crucial because you know being a rookie trying to dissect what the defense is going to do, it's hard, especially at the NFL level. It's very hard. So he, I feel like if he does play, he'll be on the run more than I think other quarterbacks would be. Um, the one issue he does have is he has been sealing his balls, right? Like they're going up. So he's had to work on bringing them down. It's more of a, a, a technique thing than it is anything else. Um, but the one thing that guys have been saying is that he's very even killed. He's, you know, he has that maturity. He's 24. He started uh, three years and a couple of games at the university of Houston. So he has the experience. He's not just some, you know, young guy who played one or two years in college and is making this jump. He has a lot of snaps under his belt with live action, you know, college football. Um, but I do think that there's still a learning curve. He came from an air raid offense at the University of Houston. So, you know, huddling more has been kind of new to him. They did a little bit in college, but, you know, just going from you know, the, the air raid, like a true air raid under Dana Holgerson at, at Houston to pro-style offense, I think is going to take a little bit of an adjustment once, you know, the regular season starts because preseason – he was oh yeah you know, he was fine you know he did he did well and one thing that Jonathan Gannon said about him was that Gannon was surprised at the type of defenses that he faced during the preseason he was expecting a lot of bland schemes but he said a lot of teams ran somewhat complex stuff and that kind of exposed tune to kind of what life is going to be like on a week to week basis in the NFL not the full Monty but a little bit of it so he's seen a little bit what he will get if he were to play so I think that it's going to be an up and down situation with him if he does play i think there'll be some good i think there'll definitely be some bad too so look, let's look at the defense because obviously these guys are starting an inexperienced quarterback whom they really like in yeah. sam howell it's funny because one of the things everybody talks about is that he's always even keel and he is like that's a legit thing for him but let's look at the cardinals defense and you know pass rushing in terms of numbers have not been a strength but it looks like they have some depth there. So what's what's the what's the scouting report on the Cardinals' defense? Yeah. So, well, first off, let's go back to Sam Howell for a second. He was a fifth-round pick. Clayton Toon was a fifth-round pick. Right. So in the event that Clayton Toon does start, we're going to have the all-exciting battle of the fifth-round picks. So moving on to the defense. So the pass rush has been my number one question mark about this defense, I think, all offseason. They came into the offseason with um, – Dennis Gardeck, undrafted free agent from a few years ago, who uh, as a return was probably was the only returner really. Um, they had a couple of second year guys who um, played some, um, but haven't been running with the first team. 
But as offseason went on, especially during training camp, the depth at outside linebacker is it's impressive, right? There's a lot of guys out there. They moved David Collins, who was their first-round pick in 2021, an inside linebacker to outside linebacker. So Morgan season kind of be his, his debut there. We'll see that, how that transition is going. Um, but then on top of that, you know, there's guys like Cam Thomas, Jesse Lucetta, uh, I know I'm going to forget, guys. Uh, um, BJ Ojolari, who's a rookie, he was a second round pick this year out of LSU. He's going to get some. He's going to get time this year. Uh, I might as well just look at the roster at this point. Victor WKG, he's going to get time. It's it's going to be it's going to look a lot like yeah, you know, like I said, Cam Thomas. He's you know he's the guy that I think is going to to impress. Um, what we're going to see, it's going to look like. Um, a hockey, a hockey game, right? Guys are coming in waves, right? Just like rotating these guys like crazy. Um, but obviously the pass rush, you know, it's not just on the end. It starts up front, and this has been one of the better d- defensive fronts the Cardinals have had the last few years. Guys like um, LJ Collier, solid player. Um, Jonathan Ledbetter has looked good the last couple of years. So I think they're going to get some push up front, and then the guys on the edge are going to take care of the rest. Inside linebacker, just a couple of, you know, Veterans because they're white. Um, just trying to make sure I have everyone's name. Um, right secondary here. Uh, Chris. Yeah, yeah. The secondary. So the, the other inside linebacker I wanted to mention was Chris Barnes. Okay. Secondary is going to be interesting because cornerback is is it's going to be very young, right? They have Antonio Hamilton is the veteran, but he was running with the third team at the end of training camp. Marco Wilson is going to get he's the once starting job at cornerback. There's a chance that they could start a rookie. Keytrell Clark at a little at the other cornerback spot. There, um, you know, Christian Matthews, a young, another young player. He's going to get some young some reps too. So those four guys are going to make up your cornerback rotation essentially. Um, but we'll see who the other starter is first defensive snap at FedEx Field on Sunday. Um, but then you know the safeties, Buda Baker, you know, all pro, Pro Bowler, and then um, uh, Jalen Thompson. They gave him a huge contract a couple years ago. He was in the supplemental draft out of Washington State a few years ago. So they have the, the individual talent, just like an offense, but with a new defensive scheme coming in, new defensive coordinator, defensive-minded head coach. We just don't know what it's going to look like because all we keep hearing is there's no set three, four, four, three. They're going to be multiple. They're you know they they're going to be very fluid. We saw that during preseason three, four, four, three, doing all sorts of you know crazy stuff. So we'll just see how it all plays out. How good is Wilson? Because if, if McLaurin, Terry McLaurin plays, that's who would, I would assume, you know, depending on what their style they want to play, that he would match up with him a lot. So how good is Wilson? I know he had a good, I know the, the numbers from last year look pretty good for him. He's good. Um, I still think there's a, still some to learn there. You know, I think it, it's going to be a day for him if he has to line up against McLaurin, right? Like he's going to face that veteran who has all the tricks, you know, everything, you know, all, all He's just going to take advantage of Marco Wilson's inexperience. And Wilson has the athleticism where he can keep up with a lot of guys, but I think it could be, um, it, it'll be a challenge for him. There's no doubt about it. Where is it like, if, if, is he overly aggressive? Is it what, where would be the big challenge for him there? He he plays a lot of, 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 of man, uh, of press man, right? Like he's he, the best kind of where he stands out. He's, he's, he's good at the line of scrimmage. He's good getting into guys. I don't want to use the wrong term here. Let's say pants, right? Like <laughs> he, he could get into them um, and, and make and, and put that pressure on at the line. But he also has that quickness and that speed to make up for it 
down the field where if he gets beat or he can go stride for stride with guys. So, um, but I feel like what we see, what we saw last year is if it was a veteran receiver who kind of knew some of those tricks of how to get open, that's where he struggled a little bit, okay. where he has a natural athleticism to stick with a guy, to be on him, but the smallest little little trick and he's kind of out of his bag. But he also hasn't had, had, had a whole, he had a whole off season to kind of learn what he, you know, did wrong last year. So last, last thing then in general expectations for this team, you said you don't think they're going to be as bad as people think before this yeah. opener, you know, people here are expecting like, Hey, if they can't beat Arizona in this situation, just is it a wrap, you know, but like th- this yeah. is like, a, this becomes, um, it's, it's a sellout. It's the first time it's going to be a sellout for just Washington fans. Right. right? And so there's a lot of excitement about that, but the feeling is, you got to beat the Cardinals by a couple scores. Is that fair? Yeah, you. I think from the Washington side, that's fair. Is oh, it yeah. going to from the Cardinals side? I'm not going to be surprised if the Cardinals win this game. I'm just not like I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just not going to be surprised if it does because it's going to be hard to game plan for this team. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on tape. There's so many new faces, so many new coaches. I think that's going to be the biggest struggle for Washington is figuring out. What exactly is going to happen? I mean, they're going to probably watch a lot of Cleveland tape from last year. But I think with the – especially on offense, with their ability to kind of mix up that run and the pass, I think – and I know it sounds so obvious on the surface, but like last year, that wasn't the case. Last four years, they just – they passed the ball. The run was very secondary. Now the run's a priority. So – and James Connors, he, he looked as good as I've seen him in, in an Arizona jersey. So this offensive line – if they can come to play on Sunday, I think that they could give the, the, the commanders some fits up front. I think that can open everything else up. Obviously, to me, the big key is going to be Zach Ertz. If he is back to 100% in totality, I think he could be a real factor in this game because he'll be on the line as a tight end. He'll be out wide. And if he can spread the, if he can take care of kind of that zero to 10 yard that, uh, area, I think that could open up everything for guys like Rondale Moore, who's super fast, Marquise Brown, who's super fast, and kind of spread the ball out a little bit like that. And the one knock on Colt McCoy all offseason was his arm wasn't strong enough. Dobbs has that arm. So if they can go take the top off once or twice, I think this game could be a um, be closer than people think. And Josh, thank you. Great stuff. And by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, see all those medals behind Josh. Don't be impressed by what Josh has done. Tell them where, they, where those medals are from. They're, uh, they're not all my wife's. I say 98% of my wife's okay. medals. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight medals back there, and she has probably over like 75. So they're not there mine. <laughs> there you go. And if you told Cardinals fans you talked to someone named Kime, they would say what? Uh, I can't say that on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. Anyway, no relation. So, Josh, thanks a lot for no coming on, and, and we'll see you Sunday. All right. Thanks, Josh. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Josh for joining me. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'll be back on Friday night, Saturday morning. I have a, a Harris a, an event to go to um, to cover Josh Harris on Friday. So that's going to delay things a little bit. So I will be back and at the latest. It'll be Saturday morning with a prediction and a little game preview. Getting ready for Sunday. I'll be back. And then I'll be doing another podcast after the game Sunday um, when, when, you know, we'll see what they do. So there you go. Talk to you.